Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1271. What the Body Acceptance Movement Doesn't Want You to Know, part one by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. And I'm Dr. Neal, your host and narrator. Welcome back to another edition of Optimal Health Daily or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is the podcast where I act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now today's post is a bit on the longer side. So as usual, I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. And with that, let's get right to it and hear part one of today's post as we optimize your life. What the Body Acceptance Movement Doesn't Want You to Know, Part 1, by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. There's no doubt the body acceptance and positivity movement gained momentum in 2015. Women's Health Magazine banned the phrases bikini body and drop two sizes from their cover. The Pirelli calendar got a revamp, and pretty much everywhere you look, women started changing their fitness goals from flatter abs to get stronger and feel great. One big reason for this shift is that for so long, and admittedly still even now, there was a crazy amount of misinformation being thrown around about what kind of training would give folks the body they desired. The old advice was to eat less and move more, which led to countless dieters and cardio bunnies. But that advice straight up didn't work. With cardio, just doing more and more may make it harder to get the body you want. Ditto for dieting. 95% of all diets fail, and the dieter will gain the weight back plus some, thanks to metabolic damage. As our cultural emphasis on looking perfect was coming to a head thanks to Photoshop, social media, celeb culture, and advanced non-invasive procedures, people started putting more and more effort into changing their bodies. But the misinformation on how to go about that was failing us and many retreated to secret shame caves when it came to their bodies, sure that there must be something unspeakably wrong with them. The harder they tried to look better, the worse they looked. We created an epidemic of people who feel fundamentally broken. In light of such widespread cultural negativity about our bodies, is it any wonder that the mantra of it doesn't matter what you look like, only how you feel, became popular? The body acceptance movement can feel like hitting a pause button on the spiral of self-loathing and failure we've been facing over the last 20 years. It's a breath of fresh air to anyone caught in that vicious try, fail, try harder, fail harder cycle of trying to lose weight 
or change the way their body looks. But just because the old way wasn't working doesn't mean the new way is perfect either. Backlash doesn't usually take you back to neutral. It purposefully swings the pendulum a bit too far in the opposite direction in an effort to balance some long-standing injustice. I believe today's body acceptance movement is backlash. For this reason, there has sprouted up a little counter-counter movement among fitness professionals who feel that having aesthetic goals for yourself has become unfairly demonized in recent times. They want it to be known that having aesthetic goals is no less noble than having strength goals and that working to improve how your body looks is perfectly fine. They seem to feel affronted by the unfortunate holier-than-thou attitude held by many body acceptance advocates. There is admittedly a lot of public lip service paid to how brave and strong a person is for accepting their body's natural state and not apologizing for it. Trust me, I got mad props for this. With so much talk about the high moral character of anyone who rocks their body, flaws and all, one might easily start to think that striving to change any of those quote-unquote imperfections is some kind of sin. I personally advocate autonomy above all else. So in my eyes, there's no real reason for any kind of moralizing or divide here. Each person is entitled to do whatever they like with their own body, and there is zero reason for anyone to judge another person's body or their motivation for training it. Now, for a person blessed with a healthy relationship with their body, it may not be even slightly damaging or negative for them to pursue goals like get a six-pack or lose 5% body fat. But for the majority of clients that I work with, those exact same goals and behaviors would come with intensely negative psychological and emotional behaviors. For many, it's just too difficult to maintain a healthy focus on changing a body part without slipping into an obsessively negative attempt to fix something that's wrong with them. The intention behind a goal or behavior determines the health of that goal or behavior. Working out with the intention to fix something that you hate about yourself tends to come with a whole host of baggage, like negative self-talk, hyper-monitoring of your body, and comparison, either with other people or your imaginary future self. All that stress and negativity actually makes it much harder to get the results you want. This is the old way of doing things, obsessing over the aesthetic results of fitness while ignoring the rest of the benefits that training your body offers. Working out with the intention to gain strength, skill, agility, endurance, speed, or power tends to be fun and rewarding because it's more like a sport or a hobby than a chore or a beauty regime. For many people, this mindset shift leads to much more enjoyment, consistency, gratitude, enthusiasm, and the complete removal of dread and habitual feet dragging from the whole fitness affair. Training to gain something instead of lose something every time you show up to the gym is a lot less pressure and it tends to foster body acceptance and positivity. Now here's the kicker. This is a bit taboo to talk about, but here it goes. Focusing on the process, getting stronger, removing dread, increasing enjoyment and body acceptance, and all the other changes that come from letting go of aesthetic goals, they make you look better. In an extraordinary fitness paradox, the stressing and obsessing, the hyper-monitoring, negative self-talk, dread, and constant need to motivate yourself for aesthetic goals often creates a body that is very resistant to changing. Thank your hormones for this. I call this an unresponsive body, 
and it is exactly what it sounds like. Someone with an unresponsive body is usually riddled with stress, negativity, poor self-care habits, and a lowered immune system. Some of the most common reasons for a body to become unresponsive are years of negative self-talk, body anxiety, low body image, inauthentic self-expression, a low sense of worth, and chronic overexercising and undereating. These behaviors over the long haul trash a person's metabolism, fry their adrenal glands, and F up their hormones. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled What the Body Acceptance Movement Doesn't Want You to Know by Jesse Neeland of jessenealand.com. Dr. Neal here for my commentary. Look, I'll be honest, I used to hyper-focus on my aesthetics. When I first started getting into training, I didn't care too much about getting stronger. I cared more about building muscles that made me look a certain way. You know what that ended up getting me? Nowhere. I've shared this story before many times on this podcast, but I'll repeat it anyways. After lifting weights for five years fairly consistently with the specific aim of trying to look good with my shirt off, friends and family would often sound surprised when I would tell them that I had been working out for five years consistently. They didn't notice any of the changes. In fact, I found an old shirtless picture of me pre-strength training days and was told that my body looked exactly the same after five years of training. It was as if, to me, I had wasted those five years trying to look better. So I gave up. Well, let me be clear. I didn't give up on exercising. I gave up on the idea of exercising to look a certain way. I changed my focus to maximizing my performance, like finally being able to run a mile without stopping. That never happened before. To make my body flexible and durable, I wasn't really all that flexible before. Sure enough, when I started refocusing my attention on performance goals, that's when noticeable changes to my physique started to happen. We'll discuss this more tomorrow. All right, that's it for today. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back here tomorrow to finish up this post. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.